With that number one breakout hit in 1964, Diana Ross was catapulted into the national spotlight where she has remained for more than 50 years. Today, she is the subject of this edition of Stories Behind the Songs. Declared the female entertainer of the 20th century by Billboard magazine, she was born in Detroit, Diane Ernestine Earl Ross, Diana was simply a typo on the city records. Growing up, her neighbor was another person who went on to great success in music, Smokey Robinson. Boy, that's a lot of talent on one block, huh? At 15, she joined a girl's singing group, the Primettes. After winning a talent competition, they were given the chance to audition for Barry Gordy, the head of Motown Records. He was impressed, but when he learned how young the girls were, he advised them to come back after graduating high school. Undaunted, Diana returned to the Motown studios daily, volunteering to do whatever she could to help, hand-clapping, backup singing. After a year of this, Gordy finally relented and agreed to sign the girls, but only on the condition they changed the group's name. They were now known as the Supremes. Although, for their first two years at the label, some sarcastically called them the no-hit Supremes. Where Did Our Love Go changed all that, beginning an incredible run of ten number one hits over the next three years. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame songwriter Lamont Dozier got the idea for that chart topper when his girlfriend caught him cheating. As she mercilessly berated him, he pleaded, Baby, please stop in the name of love. When she made it clear she was breaking up with him, he asked her to at least think it over. Well, there was no talking her out of it. However, when Stop in the Name of Love went to number one, she came back to him. There was some baby love going on in 1971. Diana was two months pregnant with Barry Gordy's baby when she abruptly married another record executive, Robert Silberstein, who agreed to raise the child as his own. They had two other daughters together, but divorced after six years. She was then romantically linked with Gene Simmons, lead singer of the band Kiss. When that ended, she also ended her relationship with Motown. After years of making multi-million dollar hits for them, Diana discovered that she herself had only about $300,000 coming her way. Well, at least according to their books. So she signed with RCA for what was then by far the biggest contract in music history. 
$20 million. Her first album for RCA sold a million and a half copies. This was the title team. Why Do Fools Fall in Love was first to hit 25 years earlier. Frankie Lyman was already a professional backup singer at the age of just 13 with an act called The Premieres. He was rehearsing with that group in his apartment building hallway when one of the tenants handed him a packet of love letters his girlfriend had written in verse. They read them all and set one of them to music. By 14, Frankie Lyman was a star singing lead on Why Do Fools Fall in Love. Diana's remake in 1981 was another smash. And it was another remake that marked Diana's first number one hit as a solo artist after the breakup of the Supremes. A decade earlier, it was a duet with Tammy Terrell and Marvin Gaye, although initially Tammy had recorded it as a solo. The studio then decided it would work better as a duet and brought in Marvin, who expertly punched himself into the number electronically as if he had been right there with Tammy. That's right, they never actually met until the song was already a hit on the radio. In 1970, Nick Ashford, who wrote the song along with his wife Valerie Simpson, dramatically rearranged it, capitalizing on Diana's exceptional speaking voice. Just remember that one of these nights. Remember that one of these nights. Remember what I said to you and what I wrote for you when I set you free. To hear these selections in their entirety, sung by our lovely student, Lachey Reed, as well as the other ten songs in this stage biography, along with the stories behind them, please visit our website, storiesbehindthesongs.org, where we have videos of the full show available for a $20 tax-deductible donation to our Musical Arts Scholarship Program. Next week, the stories behind the songs of Tom Jones. Now we leave you with a song from Diana Ross's last theatrical motion picture. She had been nominated for the Academy Award for Best Actress in her big screen debut, Lady Sings the Blues. Her follow-up, Mahogany, was also commercially successful. 
But in 1978, The Wiz, the most expensive movie musical ever made to that point in time, lost millions. On the bright side, one of the songs from it became a hit single. Diana recorded it with her good friend, Michael Jackson. 